Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Because there is no methadone for football, and talking Patriots is a 24-7, 365 responsibility, which we take very seriously. Your pals Fitzy and Hart. Jumbo and the Knucklehead are back once again for Six Rings and Football Things, brought to you by WEI Odyssey and 2400 Sports. Here we were just a couple of days ago, thinking that we had fulfilled obligations, talked enough Foxborough football for the week, given you people some thoughts, news, notes, and nuggets filled with perspective and analysis to chew over for a couple of days in what we were calling the lull or the lull before the draft. Next thing you know, we wrap it up. We post the pod, carry on with our lives. And then two hours later, Mike Florio, once again, just absolutely lobs. Uh, well, I don't even know what kind of grenade to to call Florio's story. Uh, it, it's not really a report. How would you frame that, Andy? What word would you give besides like garbage or nonsense, which I really don't think it necessarily is. What would you call that sort of? Uh, like an opinion-based, semi-formed report. Well, I won't call it fake news, as Gronk called it on the uh, K. Adams podcast. And it's not misinformation either. Uh, I think it's infotainment. I think there is some sliver of information in there, mm-hmm. but it's also very much in the world of talk radio, speculation, extrapolation, sort of talking about it. And, you know, I know Florio on our station used, well, this would be the next logical step in this tough relationship between Bill and Mac. And that's what makes it believable. If if Mac had gone to the playoffs last year and everything mm-hmm. was great and his stats had been 30% better than his rookie year, none of this would be believable. It is because of the struggles and the outbursts and Bill not saying he loves Mac and Bill not tying himself to Mac and all of those things. He can start in this league. Thanks coach. Yeah, he can play in this league. And I was looking to see if any teams would like him to play for them in this league. Um, But I also need to say, I don't trust a thing Florio writes or says he's a muckraker. He runs with rumors and innuendo. He's made it work for him. Mm -hmm. I'm not, he's very good at what he does. And he gets red. I can tell you people in Gillette Stadium, people in every NFL building in the country read Florio. They check it a few times a day, whether it's to see whether their opponents are being dragged through the mud, whether, uh-oh, what are they saying about our team? Who the hell leaked this? Where did this? Like, they check it. They 
But I also think there's some aspect of National Enquirer to it, like where you just read it and you're like, <laughs> that kind of made me laugh. Imagine if that was actually true. That would be crazy. And then you move on. It's a little football TMZ uh, mixed splashed with the sun, an actual yeah. an actual an actual semi credible site. Uh, Florio is an opinionator, a troublemaker, an aggregator. So there's a little bit of everything in there. He's but also I think a hypocritical, oversensitive biznitchy. I mean, <laughs> the guy that he once reported that Terry Bradshaw died. Terry Bradshaw didn't die. Obviously, he's still on my Fox broadcast every week. Mm -hmm. He also once reported off of a Patriots.com podcast I was doing when we were doing this. We were spitballing, talking. Mm -hmm. He took what we spitballed about and used it as actual sourcing for a blog on pro football talk. So you need to take everything he says with like a big old 50 pound bag of salt. Yeah. Like a nice, big, thick, pink Himalayan salt block because, yeah. and, and, and I think a lot of us learned this week meat in salt. You need yeah, to yeah, encrust yeah. every Florio report in salt. There's meat in there somewhere, but mm -hmm. there's a whole thick crust of salt on there. There's a kernel of truth, if you will. And I think that's what this comes down to. I think it's not just a, a like, I want to believe. I don't think a lot of us wanted to or needed to believe this week, Andy, that Bill Belichick was shopping actively or had previously tried to shop Mac Jones. But I think given the number of reporters around town who I still, whether they're Doug Kide working A to Z Sports, Andrew Callahan at the Herald, Tom Curran, who not only at NBC Sports Boston in his podcast, but has also gone on our radio station and said, the relationship between Bill Belichick and Mac Jones is not great, Bob, because right. Bill is still pissed that Mac Jones went behind his back or talked to other people last year saying, help me, Josh McDaniels, or help me, somebody at Alabama. I've got Matt Patricia, and you're my only hope. If if you remember, I did the interview with Tom Curran either in November or December where he said the quarter – his phrase was this, the quarterback is making an enemy of the head coach. Yes. And I let – and I let him finish the answer, and I even circled back around and said, you said he's making an enemy of the head coach. Is that truly what you want to say? And he doubled down. He said yes. So that as the backdrop makes this believable. Now we have countering reports. Jeff Howe said it's kind of believable that anything's on the table, but he reached out to some teams that said no, they hadn't been approached about Mac Jones. So mm, they could also be – but they also might be, you know, doing Bill a solid in return. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So – Here's what I would here's what I would believe. This again is not fact. This is just a somebody who's a Patriots outsider, if you will. Yep. Works in the media, but you know puts his fandom first and wears it proudly on his sleeve. Although some days it's a, a little heavier than others. Cover it up a little. What bit. I would. <laughs> it's like one of those tattoos you get lasered off. Like, hey, can <laughs> I turn? Can I turn this girl's name into like uh, like a sunset or something? That'd be great. Thanks. So uh, or a sports logo. What I believe is that. Bill Belichick, between Max histrionics, him showing up, Matt Patricia, going behind his back, calling other people last year, which I can't say that I wouldn't have done in a similar situation as well because of what an absolute disaster the offense was and the personnel situation and the coaching hierarchy and structure were last year. All of these things, the on-field antics, going behind his back, not wanting to listen, being a pushback guy, absolutely frosted bill belichick's flakes in the worst way possible which is everything weird. did last year now you get to the off season i think bill maybe in conversation with some other head coaches or friends around the league didn't actively shop mac jones but perhaps in conversation you know at a pro day east west shrine game owners meeting just been like you know like hey what do you think of mac
Like, right. You know, what if I told you I had this uh, shiny, slightly dented McCorkle? It's a single v a single car. You can get the VIN number and the Carfax on it. Like it's only been in a couple of minor dings. It's never had to go to the shop for major repair work or anything. And people may have said like, nah, not for me. Like I were signing Garoppolo. Thanks, Bill. I like him, but I'm not going to get him. So if we, if we take it at surface value, like you said, I don't want to yep. say, I think shopping is a strong word, Correct. but conversations about our quarterback and whatever, I think these happen a lot. They should happen a lot. You, um, you're the one who said, who informed the audience when I was poking around trying to glean from you, what it's like to be at the combine and not just be watching very strong athletic men in their underwear, bench press and do vertical leaps and cone drills, you know, what happens? So maybe some of the, somebody else may have said on behalf of Bill, like, hello, I'm an, I'm an ambassador of the new England Patriots. Uh, right. We might be looking at quarterbacks. What do you think of Mac? That's it. So let's take that as our leaping off point. And I know some people right there will get mad. Oh, that's stupid. Why do you even talk about whatever? If Bill did this on whatever mm -hmm. level, I would want to know, did he do it? Because Bill Belichick, the talent evaluator, has decided, like many fans have decided, Mac's not the guy. He has a ceiling. A there's limitations, whatever. And I use the example, the current head coach of the Minnesota Vikings, Kevin O'Connell, was a third-round pick who a year later was cut by Bill Belichick. And that's a high pick to be cut a year later. He did not have a good NFL career. He's now a rising star as a young coach, whatever. But Bill was right. Talent-wise, he was not an NFL quarterback. Is that the decision that Bill has made? Or is it the decision you're talking about? Is it, I don't like his comportment, his leadership. He showed he's not a fallen line guy. He he went out. I think Curran keeps bringing up chain of command. He went outside the chain of command. Because uh, what are we, back the at the issue, Navy? Jeez. Right. If that's the issue, I have a problem. If Bill has decided Mac cannot be a franchise quarterback for the New England Patriots, he's not the guy that's going to lead me to the playoffs, to a playoff win, to Don Shula's record, I have no problem with that because I think it's believable. I have those questions myself. I think you mm -hmm. have those questions. Some fans, sure. as you noted, have no questions. They've decided he is not the guy. He can't play in this modern football league. He's not good enough. I'm okay with that. Trade away, Bill. Move on. Reset the ticker at quarterback. I'm, But don't tell me it's about, oh, he had an outburst or, oh, he questioned the terrible coaching. And it feels like that could be the answer. And why? Nothing to do with Mac. The fact that Brian Hoyer, who had guaranteed money on his contract, who you need a third quarterback, who you've loved for like 15 years, is now playing for the Josh McDaniels-led Las Vegas Raiders. And Tom Curran has reported the reason why? Because Brian Hoyer questioned what the hell was going on on that offense, on that coaching staff, and in that building. That got him kicked out, so that leads me to believe Mac is being punished and or potentially punished for the way he handled it as well. And that's terrible. That's embarrassing for Belichick. If that's the case, then it's a real bad look because you know, the owner's leaning on you. The owner has apologized to the fans. The owner has promised the fans things are going to get better. The owner has issued press releases just days after the end of a disappointing season that helped the Patriots have an aggregate losing record to date since Tom Brady was released or said he was forever a Patriot St. Patrick's day, 2020 that I'm not going to buy into it along the lines of some conspiracy theorists. Like, well, look, Bill's letting all of max guys go. No Damian Harris, no Jacoby Myers, anyone else that was a Mac guy that was a friend of his, that was one of his targets or close allies on the team. They're being let go. 
Well, Hunter Henry is still on the team, so Bill Belichick must have drawn a line in the sand at a certain point if you want to go down that wormhole. The Hoyer thing, though, is really disappointing because I know people love to mock the idea that Hoyer's in the game, put an L in the column. This guy's the best clipboard holder ever. This guy's, what a backup legend, but I don't want to see Hoyer start. I've always had my fun, you know, bringing the hyperbole to the table and trumping him up as Hoya the Destroyer because we just sort of have fun like that. That's like the kind of nonsensical fun you hear in the 300s when people are on their seventh breakfast beer. But for a guy who came back for his third stint with the team and said, I'm moving to the area. I don't want to go anywhere else. This is where I want to raise my family. And everyone thought, of course, he's a camp arm. Maybe he'll have one more year with the system. He can only help out Mac. And he's kind of like, a de facto coach coordinator on the field in the sideline. Nothing bad can come from Brian Hoyer being a member of the team, except of course, Brian Hoyer taking active snaps on the field for him to get released. And then instead, instead of staying in the area, run to Vegas and sign a two-year deal when he wanted to commit to living here and raising his kids in the area. That to me was the red flag. That, that to is, me, that, that was, that's really troubling. I feel like that's more telling and more, um, substantial or, or surefire than the Florio report. Just Fred Kirsch, the genius that he is, you know him, I love him. Fred Kirsch always said, don't listen what people say, look at the actions, the actual actions. And, and follow real actions, estate, right? Yep. Actions around um, actions around Hoyer, just they, they tell a story. They tell a tale that is really interesting. And I would also throw in there as we talk about, you know, Bill and how he's handling Mac and the whole situation, Robert Kraft coming out last week and saying, we tried an experiment that put Mac in, I'm paraphrasing, but experiment was the word. We tried an experiment that put Mac in a bad situation and it didn't go well. Now we feel like we've made changes that put him in a good situation. Bill O'Brien is brought in, solidified. We've talked about the competency of the mm -hmm. offense and the coaching staff. He is acknowledging that they screwed Mac over. I'm, my word's not his, as they like to say in the business, but they screwed Mac over last year. For some reason, Bill can't acknowledge that. Bill can't acknowledge that he screwed. And Bill, who in his interview with Dan Shaughnessy right before the year, says, if this doesn't work, blame me. Okay, I think Mac blamed you, but now you're blaming him for blaming you when you said blame him. I mean, you. And the know. rest of the fans. Exactly. And that's why I wrote that piece the other day for WEI.com about, like, turmoil over triumph you know dysfunction over dynasty becoming the new normals in in foxborough when all it takes is a simple mea culpa like my bad everyone sorry but here we go we're going to get you know do everything that's in the best interest of the football team going forward we made some mistakes last year we're going to get back to our winning ways just a shred <coughs> excuse me of humility <coughs> choked up you know what that's, oh, that's very appropriate <laughs> That's Bill when he tries to apologize. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, so, so, like he's my, being. Sorry, I'm going to get some water and walk out. Like he's being force choked. Right. I mean, it's 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 like it's bananas. Lots of people are selected, traded for, et cetera, and they don't pan out. It's okay. We get it. We all make mistakes. I, what? Yeah, we all make mistakes. My God. Can Insert I ask you a joke question? about our careers here, but. Oh, cheap what shot. That, oh, come on. Just everyone that's listening is like, yeah, I got to something. But like, Andy, it, it's it's just as simple as showing a skosh of humility. And you win back a lot of the fan base that was so angry that it led Robert Kraft 
to send out the email and to put out the press release. And it's the same people that have, and I mentioned this on the pod last year and, and on the post game show or wherever you and I got stationed during the 2022 season, the little fissures, the cracks, the mini civil wars between Pats fans defending Belichick and the ones that are angry about the way things are going. And the ones who said Patricia got a bad deal or they should have believed in Patricia. Like it's, like we're all, all the infighting in Pat's nation now is ridiculous and none of it is necessary. So that's where I wanted to go because um, you'll find this shocking. I did. I, I apologize. I didn't read your piece on WEEI.com. I should have uh, my bad. See, I can say my bad. This is how it's done, Bill. My bad. Oh, so I my have, bad. I'm supposed to be well-informed and read all of yours, but of course I put the time in and I put some, okay. I'll read it after this. Maybe probably not. Probably um, not. Let's be honest. Probably not. Is it, Am I getting caught up in the moment? You use the word dysfunction. I agree with the word dysfunction wholeheartedly. For a team that had back stairs when Pete Carroll was here, people going up the back stairs to the GM and the owner, mm-hmm. a team that was in the Super Bowl and had a coach um, getting a new job prior to the Super Bowl in Bill Parcells, am I wrong to say this is dysfunction that's at maybe an even higher level than that? And I am going to call it Sullivan era dysfunction mm. as in the Sullivan family when this team was a debacle more often than not and then into the Victor Kayam era and all of that but Oof. I feel like this is dysfunction we have not seen in Robert Kraft's time of ownership I, I really uh, feel well I, that's what what's so what's so, what's so head scratching about it Andy is and I pointed this out in the piece as well lest we forget that this is a team that's almost comfortable in, in scandal and in amidst turmoil and accusations, like all, many of their championship runs had a scandal sidecar to them. Yep. And the team always seemed to thrive under them. But now they're a victim of their own device and they're not, not only are they not, they're not thriving, they are going 180 degrees from where they were. They used to garner all the headlines because they were the apple of the league's eye. They were the envy of all the other coaches, players, and GMs. The gold standard of the NFL was Brady, Belichick, and Kraft. And now they're garnering all the headlines and getting all the attention for the turmoil, the dysfunction, and the madness behind the castle walls. It's just it's just very strange. And that you have to ask yourself, it's okay to ask this question, Patriots fans. Is this becoming the new normal for the Patriots? Well, this is, first of all, the thing I keep getting in my head Anytime we talk our way through this offseason, really dating back to last year, the Matt Patricia era, error, and then the post-Matt Matt Patricia error, all I hear in my head is that I famous... I see what you did there. See? Uh, I, all I hear in my head is that famous Tom Brady. <laughs> that low laugh of Tom Brady, like, looking and, back and on... And he goes, hey, hey. oh, man. Yeah, that, like, I know exactly the sound bite yes, you're talking about. And, and I feel like... He, whether it's a direct connect or not, every one of these things that happens strengthens Tom Brady's legacy and power and aura for the Patriot dynasty and weakens Bill Belichick's. Whether it's fair or not, that is what happens. And I just keep hearing that laugh over and over in my head of Tom Brady. And it's probably not fair, but Bill is making these decisions. Bill made the decision that we, no revisionist history, Bill, don't claim hindsight is 2020, which you've said to me sarcastically before. Don't tell me it's 2020. This was a dumbass decision last February, last March, last April when you made it to put Mac Jones in a horrific position with his coaches. And you said you wanted us to blame you, except 
it doesn't seem like you're taking the blame. From the drafting of Nikhil Harry to letting Tom Brady go to not tanking the COVID season when you had a free pass of not having any fans in the stands and you tried to win with Cam Newton to then bringing in Matt Patricia to run the offense, or rather, as I've often said, reverse engineer an offense after having served on the defensive side of the ball for 20 years and also run the offensive line, which he was too overwhelmed and inundated with responsibilities and complaints at his desk and front door to be able to do. So he, as we heard, abandoned the post midseason. It's just been a lot of decisions that have led to where we are now. And now this go this makes me go back to things we've said and what Karen Garigian wrote in the Boston Herald last Sunday, which was, holy smokes, does this make Bill O'Brien's job the most important post in the New England Patriots organization and Pat's nation right now? Because he can come in, clean this shit up right now, get the team back on track with a good draft. They can go 10 and 7, 11 and 6 at best probably, have a, a solid season get to the playoffs, be playoff adjacent. Everyone's like, thank God somebody came in and like put things back on track. But doesn't this feel like a, a lost chunk of the Belichick era and Pat's history? Yeah. I mean, it's petering out. It's definitely petering out. It's the denouement. Definitely. The, uh, yeah. Um, and the Bill O'Brien role is interesting because I have thought of that a little bit in terms of I don't know if you experience this in your household, but I see this a lot in parenting with mm -hmm. one parent. For whatever reason, the time, the place, the issue with the child is just butting heads. And it's like the other parent oh, yeah. has to like step in. It's like, okay, why don't you go grab a beer, Fitzy? I I'm going to handle this now. I'll I'll I'll, I'll deal with this. That's right, Bill O'Brien's okay, role. Fine. That's Bill O'Brien's role. Hey, yeah. hey, Bill, why don't you go get one of those Bud Light Limes you like? Go over there. Just, just take a breather. I'll handle Mac. You let me deal with Mac. Now, that entails Bill having to Bill Belichick allowing that to happen. But I think that needs to happen. I think you need to create an alignment between Bill O'Brien and Mac as sort of the safe space. Like we're gonna fix this. I'm gonna fix you. We're we're Bama boys. You know, we go way back to a couple of years ago when you helped me learn there. I'll help fix you here. That kind of, now. But will will Bill allow that? Because that might entail every once in a while Bill O'Brien saying the same thing Max said on the field. STF, Bill, go away. I got it. I got it. Not like, yet. either let me do my job, either right. let me do what you brought me back here for in the first place, or don't. And if you're going to be a helicopter parent and a yep, micromanager. Don't be, don't be over my shoulder, like, making faces, shaking your head. Get get out of here. And I don't, does Bill, does Bill have that? That's a great question. That's, like, ultimately, that is the million dollar question as to whether or not the Patriots offense uh, works and they get the team back on track this season. What is it? 1956. That's like the $200 million question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's not even, that's not even enough. Um, uh, yeah, a little, Oh, a little note from Justin Turpin for our Pat's Paris segment coming up in just a minute. We will definitely get to that. Uh, any final thoughts about how you see this shaking out or where this goes the rest of the way T minus three weeks from the draft as we record on Thursday, April 6th, um, I think this I think this is now it's not water under the bridge, but I think this is, like you said, slowly petering out. It's not a non story. It's not a report from Florio. We've heard from a million other people. Oh, they may have made some calls. No, they didn't directly shop them. You and I have our suspicions and beliefs. It's just an uh, it's not a bedwetting moment. It's not a pants are on fire moment, but it's an it's alarming. 
It's a, it's an alarming step in the wrong direction for a franchise that has been shooting itself in the foot unnecessarily for far too long now. And I think that's why guys like us who talk about the Patriots and live, eat, breathe, sleep, Foxborough football care, Andy. So I'm going to, uh, we're in a gambling world. I don't know if you've mm-hmm. noticed it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. We can't escape it. So Mac Jones Games started at quarterback for the New England Patriots in the 2023 season. I'm going to set a number for you at 12 and a half. Oh, my gosh. I was going to say 12 and a half because that's a triggering figure. Of course, that being the PSI of the footballs and the Wells report. I'll take the over. So you believe Mac Jones is the starting quarterback for the Patriots in 2023. Bailey Zappi, you're a backup. He might get hurt. You might come in, but. Mac is the man. Yes. And the reason why I believe it is in the best interest of obviously Mac Jones and Bill O'Brien, but ultimately Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots is if Bill Belichick is going to be here for another couple of years and he really doesn't want to work with Mac Jones long term. The best thing you could possibly do is to showcase Mac Jones in the best and most flattering light possible. Surround him with all the talent in the world. Have Bill O'Brien turn that jalopy into a finely tuned European performance sports car. Do the best you can on offense this year. Then maybe someone will have some interest in acquiring Mac Jones for his rookie contract fourth year and picking up the fifth year option, which still makes him a pretty affordable starter. If he proves to be this year, he is a distressed asset right now. And it makes no sense whatsoever to put him on the bench and turn your first round draft pick into a seventh with a chance to bump it up to a sixth at best. Plus, the, the quick thing that keeps getting reported, um, Burt Breer, maybe one other people, it's mostly Burt Breer, that the Patriots didn't see a chasm between Bailey Zappi and Mac Jones, the difference. Right. Um, to me, that's a um, indictment of Mac Jones, not a um, positive proclamation about Zappi. Like, my mm-hmm. interpretation of that is not that, oh, my God, we have two franchise quarterbacks. No, I look at it the other way. The reason Mac is so close to Zappy is they're both well plus backups. Yeah, they're they're backups. Yeah, they're and plus level backups. If and that may be true, I'm not poo pooing that. I'm just saying, don't pretend that's a positive for Zappy. It's more a negative for Mac when that statement is made, and it means you need a quarterback. I mean, time may tell that two. Mac. You got none. Time may tell that Mac Jones is a decent NFL starter. This podcast, yeah, exactly. Two hosts, nothing good. Uh, He may end up becoming AJ McCarron, John Park. What is it, John Parker Lewis? What the hell was the name of that guy? The other one from Alabama, Uh, John Parker uh, Booty. Was there a Booty? Josh something? Jim David Booty? Josh David Booty? But he was now. But you know who I'm talking about? Like in the litany of people that quarterbacks people thought from Alabama could become NFL starters. Yeah, it uh, just didn't work out. All right, well, so there we are. The Mac and Bill debacle. What do you guys say? What do you think? Give us a shout anytime at Six Rings Pod, at Fitzy GFY, at Jumbo Heart. And of course, please rate, review, subscribe, and share. But don't go anywhere because everyone's favorite podcast segment is coming up. We got a fresh bag of Pat's Puri for you.